George, way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data. Adams gives it back to Rush. Deep shot. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Good evening and welcome back to Daddy's Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Dake, and with me as always are my two co-hosts, Gabe Sabarzo. Hey, what's up everybody? A fifth of the way through the fantasy season. How we feeling? And Zach Mueller. Yep, coming fresh off my win over the clown. Coming fresh off the win over the clown. Gabe, is that true? Are we a fifth of the way through the NBA season? Uh, I think so. I think it's for the fantasy season was the math that I was doing, but I think that they line up with the end of the regular season. So, yeah, it's uh, it's moving pretty quick. Yeah, you said it so confidently that I was like, oh, yeah. man, this guy knows his stuff. Well, I was – I was, uh, it was really simple math. I just took the weeks in the uh, – like that we have total for fantasy matchups and then divided it by how far we are along and uh, boom, out popped my fraction. Wow, man, you're so smart. <laughs> yeah, scam's not too good at math. <laughs> hey, man, we, we don't have to start the pod like that. Let's start with some positivity. I was just giving out compliments. Um, Perspective. Another week of NBA basketball, another week of many, many games getting... Uh, I guess they're not canceled. Yeah, they're postponed yeah. technically. Let, let's start there. Um, where are you guys at as far as – I know last week we had talked about kind of the league probably just like pressing through. Are we still feeling that same way? I did see that the league put out – I think it was today. Um, they have now going to have a security guard at half court at the end of games to not allow hugs or handshakes across teams. Um, and so like, where are you guys at as far as like all of these postponements? Do we feel like this was always the plan with the NBA? Um, Gabe, what do you think? Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's definitely discouraging, especially from a fantasy perspective um, when your players don't play because of something like that. But I think that the the season will be as successful as like I guess the general public as well. So I'm hopeful um, that we do push through and we do have a season, even though there's going to be some intermittent uh, postponements. And I don't really know what they're going to do. Are they going to backload all of the games that were quote unquote postponed? Are they going to have like a a minimum game uh, like require requirement for the teams that? Um, have had those games postponed. I'm really not sure, but I am hopeful that um, we do finish out the NBA season and uh, as we get to the halfway point and the NBA decides kind of what they're going to do moving forward, um, I think we'll get a little bit more clarity as, as fans as well. Uh, Zach, did you have any, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it definitely sucks right now with uh, all this going on, but we kind of knew this was a possibility going into the year. Um, I personally think they need to just push through, and whatever guys you have, you're just going to have to play with that. 
Um, I looked right now. There are currently 13 teams that have at least one player with COVID in the NBA right now. Oh, so wow. you have over a third of the league with at least one guy. And then I want to say there are four or five teams currently that have like at least three or four guys out. And uh, so, yeah, it's not very good for fantasy. Definitely not good for the actual teams trying to compete and make playoffs. Um, honestly, I, I know we were making fun of the way the sleeper app was set up. I almost think it would have been a better idea to play uh, the pick em one once a week for your players and just do our league through sleeper this year. That's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, obviously, uh, 2020 hindsight in that regard. It does throw a bit of a wrench into fantasy because you'll have some teams that get to play four games a week and some teams that, like, they're not playing at all that week. Uh Due to... And I'd, I'd rather play a eight-category G League fantasy than uh, just straight-up points pick them. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're all in uh, different opinions there. <laughs> um, but I actually did hear... So I didn't listen to the podcast. I had just like seen highlights and bits and pieces. But apparently on one of the bigger national broadcasts, they were talking about the option of the NBA um, or NBA players kind of getting a front of the line pass to the vaccine. Um, just, you know, all the things that they have available to them, they, they would be able to receive it a lot earlier than the general public. Uh, one would assume, but they were actually predicting that 50% of the players would opt not to get the vaccine at this time. Um, which I'm sure there's a myriad of reasons for that. I'm not trying to get into vaccine talk, but it is interesting that, you would think with the option of a vaccine that kind of helps you turn the corner, but it doesn't, doesn't appear like it's going to be so black and white. Like there's still a lot of gray area there as far as if players would even choose to get the vaccine. Um, yeah. So I don't know how uh, none of us do, but I don't know how close we are to even <clears throat> getting back to any sort of like normalcy with fantasy basketball, with normal basketball. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, I think in the midst of like such social uh, change and such social like uh, the NBA is trying to bring a lot of awareness to these different issues. I think that um, like it might paint the wrong picture of priorities in like in in America, even though it would probably be for the best, um, like for the NBA season. It, like as from the player's perspective, I can understand how if this is something that they're fighting for, uh, it might paint like a mightier than thou mentality um, for them. You know, very good point. Very good point. Did um, y'all uh, did y'all see that video I sent of Charles Barkley? I think it was last week. Which one? The one where it's on. Uh, I forgot their show NBA on TNT, and uh, he was like talking about the vaccine and how NBA players should get it because they pay more in taxes than the average American citizen. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah, I'll have to go. <laughs> yeah, he got a lot watch. of heat for that. Those guys just like, be saying stuff sometimes, yeah. though. <laughs> you should have heard, like, uh, Ricky and Kenny were on there, and they were like, uh, I don't know about that one. Dude, that show, like, just side note, that is the greatest NBA show ever, man. Like, they are awesome. And so funny. Not to yeah, learn cool. actual NBA knowledge, but just to like have a great time no. and entertainment yeah. value. They're incredible. They didn't, 
they didn't know Christian Wood's name until I like halfway through the middle of the season. <laughs> but they are funny. <laughs> I did see that one. And then uh what did Christian Wood he called Shaq a casual or something like that? Something like that, yeah. So funny. Well hey, let's move on here to let's kind of give our team's weekly updates. Um Gabe, will you start us off with the Rockets? Yeah, I will. Um so the Rockets are four and eight on a two-game losing streak. Uh, a two-game losing streak as of uh, this recording. They play the Suns tonight, however, so we'll see if we can uh, break that streak. Um, Victor Oladipo, uh, his debut was encouraging. It started off a little shaky, uh, with four of his seven turnovers occurring in the first quarter, but it finished strong. He ended with the second highest scoring debut in franchise history. So. I'm excited to see the offense with uh, John Wall and Oladipo kind of sharing the ball handling responsibilities. Um, if John Wall uh, does return, I mean, I'm sure he will, but it seems like this lingering knee issue um, is lasting a little bit longer than we initially expected. But all in all, uh, being a Houston sports fan is a little bit painful right now, but I do maintain hope. Uh, especially for, for the Rockets, see if we can uh, sneak into the playoffs and make some noise. How is your boy? Uh, I feel like every week we need a Jayshon Tate update. How's your boy Jayshon Tate doing? So he, he cracked the starting lineup today. He started over David Nwaba. So, uh, again, I don't know. This is before the game has even tipped off. I just saw that he uh, made the starting lineup. So he is... Uh, He's he's creating himself a pathway to minutes and NBA production, so that's, good for him. That's dope, man. And uh, <laughs> he, I, just a couple of years ago, Daniel House kind of did the same thing as an undrafted yeah, exactly. free agency. Exactly. So they're definitely having some uh, some some good quality players come out of their undrafted heap of yep, players, which is that cool. Is true. Uh, Zach, can you give us a Mavericks update? Yeah, it has not been too good the past week. Um, we let's see, we came off a four-game win streak. Then we had to play at Milwaukee last Friday night. We actually played really good. That game was back and forth. Um, we lost because Middleton hit two really clutch threes at the end. They were tough shots, and I mean, you just got to tip the hat. Um, KP shot six of 19 that game. So he was, uh, a little bit rusty. Tim Hardaway played well. Um, Luca actually played really well. He had a triple double and he shot 50% from the field, but he only shot one of seven from three. So, uh, that three pointer was still a, a lingering issue for him. And then our bench was really bad that game. Um, then we turned around this weekend. We played the bulls. We played absolutely horrible as a team. Um, Luca had 36 points, 16 boards, and 15 assists, but he also took 30 shots. <clears throat> and I think even after that game, he was saying how he thought he was playing selfish, kind yeah, of. And like, I did, he, he, did see that. Like he played great, but the thing was like he does not want to be taking 30 shots. And like he shot 13 of 30, which isn't horrible. And he was six eleven, six of eleven from three. But yeah, it, it was just kind of a weird game because him and KP played okay. KP went nine of nineteen, um, but he was zero of seven from three. And then our bench uh, shot horrible. I think as a team we shot twenty five percent from three. And then we also had uh, our two rookies playing a bunch of minutes because we've had like four of our key 
starters slash role players out due to COVID. So I know other teams are doing that as well, but I feel like the Mavs are probably top three teams that have been hit the hardest currently. Yeah, as the Josh Richardson owner, I believe he's missed the past six or seven games. Um, yeah, so Josh Richardson, Maxi Kleba, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, and then Hardaway did miss some time too. So that's five guys right there that uh, they're pretty important to our team's success. So Yeah, and Josh Richardson being the big acquisition this offseason – uh, and you've missed more games with him than with than to actually have him. So I'm sure yeah. I'm sure you're ready to get to a point where you can see this team fully what they look like. Yeah, and then uh, the only other game after that we played the Raptors the other night. That was probably the worst game of all three. Um, Tim Hardaway tried to play with like a, something was wrong with his hip or something, and he went 0 of 12 from three. And he was, or sorry, he went 0 of 12 from the field and 0 of 6 from 3. And I saw some stat that that was the worst, uh, like, field goal percentage as far as how many shots you take um, in, like, the last 15 or 20 years. And the only person to shoot worse than him in a game was his dad. (laughs) (laughs) What a stat. Like father, like son. Yeah, I know. I, I sent that to Bowie through text. We both thought that was funny, but. That's yeah. actually really funny. It it was not a good night for him. Definitely sucked having him on my fantasy team for that. Um, but we actually just beat the Pacers about 20 minutes ago. So at least we uh, we got a nice dub with half our team missing. So yeah. yeah, Porzingis had 27 points, 13 rebounds, and 80% from the field. So Yeah, what was that second stat, Gabe? 13 rebounds, 27 yeah. points. Did you hear that, Bowie? <laughs> Yeah, another game we're going to have to keep our eye on here is I think the uh, the Nets game actually went into overtime. So we'll have to uh, keep our eye on that one as it's ending here pretty soon. Uh, oh, yeah, they were down to the Cavs earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, I, I got the notification they're going into overtime. So oh, wow. uh, maybe we'll have one of us on score watch or something. This is what happens when you record a podcast with like a – 13 game slate or i think that was the original number i think with some postponements it's down to like 10 or 11 but still a ton of nba tonight hey we got to get the boys the content all right no matter how it happens got to get the boys the content uh moving on to the thunder here so last we had talked uh we were fresh off of a blowout loss to the lakers um since last Wednesday, we've only played two games. We had one game that was postponed due to COVID. Um, we played the Bulls as well as the Nuggets. We were actually down by 22 points to the Bulls at one point in that game. I want to say we were down by 12 with four minutes to go. And somehow we took that game into overtime. Shea was really, really good. Uh, He actually hit an and one at the end of the game uh, to put it into overtime. I think with about 13 seconds left or so. Um, And then we ended up winning by two in overtime. And that was special because that was uh, technically Billy Donovan's first time back um, to OKC. And it was nice being able to beat your former coach. What do you mean technically? Uh, We actually, because we played them in the preseason and he was in OKC, 
So this was like the first like actual regular season game where he was back. Yeah. So, um, so that was like a cool win, but at the same time, you guys know, like I'm all for losing at this point. Like I want to, <laughs> um, so it was like bittersweet kind of, um, and then, so here's, so our next game was against the Nuggets. The crazy part about this is going into this game, the Thunder had a better record than the Nuggets. So we were six and six going into this game and the Nuggets were six and seven. Which is just a like bewildering stat um, because never in my wildest dreams, even 12 games into the season, did I think the Thunder would be uh, higher in the rankings than the Nuggets this season. Um, but we did end up losing that game pretty handedly. Like we were never even really close um, in that game, which was kind of nice to see and kind of what I alluded to this, this last week where we're coming up on a really, really tough um road trip as well as just like schedule so i think we're these are going to be more and more common for us we actually like I, I saw a stat we actually have like the 28th ranked net rating and so what that means is like our overall plus minus as far as like how often or how bad we beat teams and then how bad we lose to teams is 28th in the league and our record of six and seven does not reflect that at all. Like that's closer to like a 16th or 17th ranked team in the league. And so you would think at some point this is going to balance out um, and we'll start kind of losing more and more games to where our record kind of reflects our net rating. So I on a positive note for the Thunder, um, our development is still going really well. I, I do want to shout out Lugans Dort. I haven't given him a ton of love this year, um, but he's actually been really, really good for us. Um, if you remember last season, uh, and even if you just think back to the playoffs last year, the Rockets' game plan was to leave him wide open from three. Um, and I thought that was a great game plan because he shot 29% from three last season. He has turned himself into a very, very good shooter this year, and... He has hit a three in every game um, of the season. So he's 13 for 13 on hitting a three in every game. He is shooting 43.7% on 5.5 threes per game. So like he is a legit shooter and has turned himself into such. And I will say that's that's along with playing like his stellar defense that uh, that's really like made him known. Um, he's always diving for loose balls. He's always like putting pressure on the ball, guarding the best ball handlers, um, and just doing like a great job of contesting shots. He's been really, really great for us. Um, in fact, he's got his scoring up. He's up to 13.4 points a game, which is almost double what he averaged last year. He's got his steals up. His blocks are up. Um, like he's just playing really, really well right now. And he deserves that shout out. Um, the last thing I'll say on the Thunder so I was kind of like so confused why Al Horford was taking all these personal days to be to be off and in fact at one point I was like dude are we trading this guy like are we holding him out turns out he was having a baby and so he was going to spend time with his wife prior to her going in um, for the pregnancy Uh, and then he was able to be there for the birth of his child so Congrats to Al Horford, uh, but sadly it doesn't look like we're going to be trading him anytime soon.
So he, was, he just really didn't want to guard Nikola Jokic. <laughs> yeah, he was scared. <laughs> he was like a rookie in there, so I put Roby on him. I'm out of here. Oh, next week I'm gonna have to talk about Isaiah Roby because he's been really good too. But, yeah, he has. Um, but there's your there's your Thunder update. Did you guys uh, have any questions or comments about any other teams you wanted to talk about or uh, anything like that? No. I was just going to say, I was watching the last part of this Nets game, and uh, it is an OT three-point game. Harden just got away with the travel at half court, and they did not call it. Zach, I'm so shocked that two sentences (laughs) into basketball talk, you had to blame the refs for something. (laughs) You got to see the play, then you can judge it. Who's up right now? Uh, the Nets are up three because uh, after he traveled, they had to foul him. So uh, it's a three-point game. The Cavs still have a chance, though. But I'm not very happy because uh, Andre Drummond is barely playing right now because they yeah. have 500 big men. Did they? Uh, is is Allen closing the game? Because he closed the first half. Yeah, Jared Allen's closing the game. Him. So it's looking like a – right off the bat, it looks more like a 24-24 split than like a 28-20. It was yeah. going to be hard regardless. They're both so good. Yeah. But this might just be like a former team kind of revenge game too. There's a lot of narratives that could play into this. I guess that's true. It could be partially <laughs> that. But I think I, – I personally think they're going to move on from Drummond after this season. I don't think he's going to reach Oh, for sure. Minutes. For yeah. sure. And also, is Dan Tony on the Nets? He's an assistant coach. How did I not know this? That also makes sense why Harden would leave and go there now. Yeah, and the two teams that he was linked to were Daryl Morey at the Sixers and uh, D'Antoni at the Nets. So. Okay, so it, it was like former Rockets, uh, yeah, uh, management. Okay. Yeah, he's basically the offensive coordinator. That that there was a huge narrative and push on that because he coached Steve Nash as well. Yeah. Zach. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I think Stoudemire has the they they got they got the whole band up together yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah, I I did not know that at all. I I thought Dan Tony was just living his life now, but no, he's still still coaching. Oh yeah. Well, that's the content we bring. Always up to date with the news. <laughs> uh, way to go, Zach. Um, let's go ahead, guys, and let's talk more. Like, give ourselves time to really talk about fantasy this week. Um, we got a buzzer beater trade to break we down. We do. We do. As I was putting together the podcast notes, I was like, oh, well, guess there's no fantasy league news. And then, bam, we get hit some, hit with one today. Um, Peyton Pritchard for DeAndre Ayton, straight up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ramsey's really happy about it. Uh, <laughs> no, so it's actually uh, Ramsey and Bobby or the Architect is who the trade is between. Ramsey receives Peyton Pritchard and a uh, the 2021 third-round pick, so that's next year's draft, gets a third-round pick, um, along with Peyton Pritchard. And then Bobby, a.k.a. the Architect, gets DeAndre Ayton plus next year's 10th-round pick. So uh, Peyton Pritchard for DeAndre Ayton plus the third-round pick for the 10th-round pick in next year's draft. Um, Gabe, why don't you, what are your, your initial thoughts after seeing this trade? Yeah. So, uh, on the Ramsey side, he gets Pritchard and a 2021 third round pick. Uh, as far as Pritchard goes, 
he's like a fringe 12 team player right now but with Kemba Walker Jason Tatum coming back there's just a lot of guards there um and so seeing where he fits into the minutes rotation with Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown like there's just there's a lot to uh, a lot of talent that he's going to be competing for minutes with but I think he maintains a role I just don't know if it'll be a fantasy relevant role um, so the only benefit that Ramsey really receives this year is offloading DeAndre Ayton's free throws. Uh, he'd been shooting uh, under 75% and getting to the line about three times a game. So he gets rid of uh, some of the free throw woes and increases his free throw percentage a bit. Um, and his elite level rebounding drops back to above average. So he'll still be a good rebounding fantasy team, in my opinion. He just loses that like top two kind of uh, crowning that we had given him last uh, episode. And then um, just another point was that Ramsey drafted DeAndre in the back of the second round. And he's he's underperformed that mark on the whole this season, but has been getting hot as of late. Um, so I'm excited to see uh, what becomes of DeAndre Ayton uh, here moving forward. Uh, for Bobby's team, obviously, um, he gets a big bump this year in rebounds and a decent bump in blocks, points, and field goal percentage. Um, and I think that it, it really moves Bobby's team from below average rebounding to above average. I think that he, he can be competitive now in that rebounding category. And I think it's worth noting as well that these two teams are seventh and eighth right now in our playoff standings and are going to continue to fight for a playoff spot, in my opinion. So um, well, the, the philosophy behind this trade is interesting because I still believe that these two teams could make a run at the playoffs this year. And so uh, we'll just have to see how they continue to manage their teams moving forward and uh, see if one of them is going to kind of front load some picks so they can set themselves up for success in 2021. How do you, how do you value those picks, Gabe? Um, like I know in dynasty and obviously like NFL or fantasy football is different from fantasy basketball, but I know in dynasty fantasy football, like you're huge like you put huge value on, on picks, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How do how do you value them if you even can in our league? Um, it's it's hard. I mean, I think that a third round pick is always going to be well. Actually, it's going to be interesting as well because, um, like Zach's mentioned before, it's a keeper league, and so the third round pick this year in a startup is going to look different than a third-round pick in next year's draft because a lot of players will be retained by the owners. And so, um, honestly, I don't really know how to value picks. I feel like Aiton for a third-round pick like is kind of a fair... Like, I feel like Aiton for the third round and Pritchard for the 10th round, like, they're not egregious prices to me. I just... I I've never really played in a league of this format and so I don't really know how much value to place on them in a dynasty league it's easy because I can watch those players come up from college and like I know that like uh, certain rookies are going to be impact players immediately and so that first round that 101 that 102 103 like I know that that's really uh like game-changing fantasy asset especially moving forward but yeah I don't know I don't really know in a league like this how much value to place on picks and Zach, uh, what were your thoughts on the trade? Uh, 
I like Gabe said, I thought it was kind of beneficial for both of them, depending on what they're wanting to do. Um, Ramsey had sent a text in our other little text that we started this league in, and he basically said he's he's looking more towards next year, I guess. Um, and with that philosophy, I guess, giving up on eight now to get a third next year, I don't think that's a bad call because as of right now, there's no chance Aiton would be one of my keepers as, what did you say, it was like a second rounder? Yeah, he was a second round, back of the second round. Yeah, so there's no way he'd be keeping him. And he he also mentioned the other day, like, he already kind of had a few of his keepers in his mind made up. So I think he's kind of trying to plan for the future. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what I thought. Okay. But um, I, I also was just watching this Nets game. Uh, Sexton just hit a three in Kyrie's mouth to tie the game. They're going into double OT. Oh, my God. Let's go. Welcome back to Cleveland, There's Kyrie. Like one second left. It was an unreal shot. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I'm having – I definitely, when I first saw the trade, it was – it's kind of tough to deduce because like, like Gabe was alluding to, it's really tough to put a value on picks right now. Like I have – I just have no idea what that pick could become, like what player that could become or – you know, is that going to be like an early third round pick in next year's draft? Is that going to be a late third round pick in next year's draft? Which I think makes a big difference. Um, uh, so for me, I'm just like, I'm doing a cop out. I'm going to put a question mark. Like, I just have no idea. I will say this did seem like a strange time to sell on DeAndre Ayton. Um, I don't know if you could have got more than a third round out of Ayton, but... In my opinion, I don't think we've seen his best basketball yet, especially with Chris Paul. Um, And honestly, like Devin Booker has been playing pretty poorly as of late. Um, And I just think when when he gets going, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of DeAndre Ayton and get him open for a lot easier buckets, I guess. Um, But maybe that's not the case. Like maybe that's not how it's going to end up and he – he felt like, hey, I can get a third rounder now. I don't know that that's going to get any better. Uh, if he keeps playing poorly, that's just going to get worse. Um, so I'm I'm bailing out and I'm or copping out and I'm putting a question mark for my. Yeah, eval. And with this being a keeper league, like y'all are saying, I'm looking back at the draft board right now at the third and fourth round players, and there's still a lot of talent. Like there was no bad pick in my eyes in those third and fourth rounds. So I think Ramsey's going to end up getting a pretty, pretty good player for that spot that he's in. Yeah. Could be. That'll be good. So I, again, like pretty much we say on all these trades, it's a, it's a wait and see approach. Like it's very rarely do you know exactly what the outcome is going to be right off, right when the trade is made. So, yeah. Um was there any other news that we needed to hit? I don't know. I don't think that there was, but I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. No, not that I can see or think of. Okay. Don't don't think so. Okay, perfect. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our uh matchups recap. Um so we're going over matchup 4. And I know um I know we had done the pod on Thursday of last week, so we were a little over halfway of this matchup. So we kind of had already seen where teams were for the most part. Uh, There were still some close matchups. 
Um, but now we know officially where everybody landed. We'll go ahead and just start with, uh, let's start with me and Bowie. Let's go ahead and rip that Band-Aid off. <laughs> um, so I will say a success for me was I didn't become the first person to get 8 owed. didn't get skunked this week. I did pull out the uh, field goal percentage on the last day, which was nice. So a round of applause for me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But that was the only category that I won. So uh, Bowie took our matchup seven to one. He won every single category except for field goal percentage. And then, of course, like that's the one category that I won. Hey, let, this week let's uh let's hear what Zach's thoughts like are yeah, kind of like in that. general, and then we'll kind of get into more analysis with Gabe. So Zach, yeah. what were your what were your general thoughts on on this matchup? Yeah, so my my general thought was that um, you've been pretty unlucky this week as far as the amount of guys you've had out. So this goes back to kind of what we were talking about at the start of this pod. It would almost be better to do uh, a type of league where you pick one one game for your player to play a week because you've had a lot of guys missing games due to COVID, and then you've also had a lot of guys that are out with injuries. So you're having to sit. I think I looked at one point. You had two players that were out that had to be on your bench, so you were getting zero production out of them. And then you also had the two guys that were actually listed as out. So that was – pretty unfortunate for you and then um the other thing i had on here was that for field goal percentage you at least had terry rosier had a pretty good week he shot above 50 percent um bagley shot pretty well overall too and then gordon hayward so those three kind of saved you and your one statistic that you did win but Rozier and Hayward have been balling out for the Hornets. Yeah, the Hornets. The well, the the guys Cam has on his team on the Hornets. They've been playing really well. Yeah, I just know them how to pick the good players the, on the bad teams, boys. Them, them plus the uh, the rookie. Yeah, the ball brother. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, or what were you gonna say, Cam? Nope, no, I was gonna say, Gabe. Did you have more on that? Yeah, so another strong showing for Bowie in assists. Um, anytime you can get a, a five-game week out of a point guard, uh, in this case, it's Malcolm Brogdon, you're going to do pretty well for yourself in the assist category. Malcolm Brogdon had 32 in his five-game week. And then Dame Lillard and LeBron James combined for 52 on the week as well. Uh, just for some context, uh, James Brogdon and Lillard are sixth seventh and ninth respectively in assists per game in the NBA this season. So that speaks to um, Bowie's strong assists category. Also a uh, free throw percentage really strong for Bowie. Dame went 34 for 34 from the line this week. That's going to patch up a lot of other things because not only are you getting to the line with volume, but you're hitting them at a hundred percent rate. I mean, a Dame's like a 90% free throw shooter. So Anytime you can get this boost, um, it's going to patch up a lot of your weaker free throw shooters. And I think that Bowie showed that this week. For Cam, like he said, um, Bowie's players, they played a combined 1,216 minutes last week. 
Cam's players played a combined 802. So that's almost, you played about two thirds of uh, oh the minutes that Bowie did. So I think that moving forward with COVID, I think that these uh, these minutes comparison in the box score um, is going to be a pretty good indicator of like how how affected your team was by COVID and how proactive as a manager you're being because it's really hard to win counting stats when you're literally playing two thirds of a fantasy week compared to the player that you're playing against. Mm -hmm. So um, I think in addition to this, uh, Russell Westbrook and Al Horford um, being on the older side of things, um, if you're going to not only miss games due to postponements and COVID, but also have players that sit back to backs or um, like are uh, not injury prone, but sometimes like, more uh rest oriented on certain situations i think it might be smart to um kind of diversify that player base a little bit and then uh blocks um no one on your team cam averaged more than one block a game this week and nine of your 14 players didn't log a single block so your blocks were really weak this week but we're gonna have to see if we can bump up that defense moving forward maybe you can go be a Lou Dort. You were touting him I as the uh, I already got master him, brother. Oh, you do? I do. I do. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you guys have said, uh, it was it was a rough week. I'm not going to sit here and complain because it's going to happen to other people throughout the season. Uh, I, I do, like, a, a silver lining that I do see here, half of my players dealt with COVID this week, which in theory means I shouldn't have to deal with it any other week. Um, with those half of the players, at, at least Got that is, herd immunity. Yeah, herd immunity. <laughs> so at least this is what I'm thinking in my head, right? Um, you know, it could be, it could be a, could so be onto something. If I was gonna get hit hard one week, I'd rather just like let's just do burn it all the way down. Like let's just every player get it, right? Like let's just do it this week. And yeah. uh, I I felt like that happened. I will say on two different occasions. Um, so I actually used six of my seven matchup acquisitions on two different occasions. I picked them up like in the morning before work and their game got postponed that night. So it was like two different occasions where I picked players up and used a matchup acquisition that didn't give me any stats. So, um, so yeah, you know, brutal week. I'm not going to sit here and complain. Bowie deserved the win. His team played well. So, um, going on to our next matchup here, we've got uh, Hallelujah versus John Wayne Gacy Pogo the Clown. Hey, big dubs. Big dubs. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> so Luke, uh, Luke, oh my gosh, Zach, finally <laughs> showing up. I was, I was looking right at Luca. Zach finally showing up this season. He gets his first win of the year using every single one of his matchup acquisitions to take down uh, his opponent 5-3. to three. The five categories that he won were three-pointers made, uh, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Um, and then John Wayne Gacy, Pogo the Clown, won field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and points. Uh, Zach, you got to be feeling pretty good about this one, bud. Finally, uh, your team performs. Uh, what were your thoughts? 
Yeah, so I just got to shout out uh, Ramsey because he went to Texas. So he he knows this quote well. We're back. Nice. Oh, man. <laughs> nice. That doesn't usually work out for them, just FYI. It does. It may not work out well for me either. But, no, it, it was a good week overall. Um, I definitely benefited from Bradley Beal and the Wizards not playing. And Zion, I think, was out two games as well. But I actually did the math for this week because Big R was constantly crying to me in our text. And I actually had more players not play this week than him. So I had nine guys that were out to his eight. And although he had Beal and um, Zion out, I did have Luca out a game, KP out, Hardaway out, Drummond. And then I had John Wall out twice as well. So it was actually closer and more fair than he thinks <laughs> I'm, but, I'm sure he would not agree but go ahead <laughs> no no he definitely would not agree but um yeah i mean my team was just playing better this week um i don't think drummond will be able to keep up his production now that they have so many people over in cleveland this week he had 37 rebounds Six assists, three steals, four blocks, and 52 points for me. And I'm pretty sure he only played two games that week. So that's a ton of production out of two games worth because he did end up sitting one of them. And then um, the other big names for me were LaMelo. He's continuing to produce and rebounds, assists, and points. And then obviously Luca's great at all those stats as well. And then with the addition of Gobert and uh, KP, I now probably, honestly, I think I have one of the top three blocks teams in our entire league. So, And Gabe, did you have uh, more thoughts on that? Yeah, I uh, I definitely thought it was Zach's best week uh, for his counting stats. And uh, Big R seems to win the efficiency categories quite a bit. So um, just different roster constructions there. But like... Uh, like Zach had alluded to, Andre Drummond and Rudy Gobert are actually first and second in rebounds per game in the NBA this season. Um, we're going to have to see if Drummond can keep up that pace because obviously he's going to be, he's going to continue to be an elite rebounder, but his minutes may drop off a little bit. I think Gobert probably stays uh, kind of right where he is. That's what he is good at. But um, Big R actually was pretty competitive in most of his categories and only lost assists by three. And I just thought it was interesting that he has the uh, the top two players in the NBA in points per game this season in Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant. So, um, yeah, I uh, I definitely think it's just different roster construction philosophies, but both teams uh, put together a pretty good showing this week, in my opinion. Uh, Zion also in that points per game category. He's not up there on a per game basis, but he is as of late, yeah. really scoring the basketball. Finding, uh, his, uh, finding his stride. Yeah. Scoring the ball, is, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Did y'all see what Carl uh, Malone said about him? I think it was yesterday. Mm-mm. Screw Carl he was like, He was like dissing him. He was like, uh, I don't get why that guy's sitting out every other game, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he's so young, he should have fresh legs and be dropping 40 points a game. <laughs> Interesting. Such a piece of crap. (laughs) Yeah. And as an update, the Nets did lose uh, by like 10 or 15 in overtime. Let's go. 
I'm big about Kyrie down. losing. Sexton went off. off. <laughs> yeah, and Nick just put in our group text that he left Sexton in the IR because he thought he'd come back rusty and mess up my field goal percentage. In the second overtime. Oh, that's funny. That's um, anything else on this matchup, boys? No, let's uh, put a stamp on that one. Let's move to the next one. Moving on to the next one, we have Suck My Dirk versus Penis Punchers 2.0. Um, Gary ends up taking this one 5-3 to three over Camden. The five categories that Garrett won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, rebounds, assists, and steals. The three categories that Camden won were three-pointers made, blocks and points uh zach what was your analysis here um so my analysis for camden's team is that uh, middleton has been playing really well for him and camden also had two kind of sneaky nice pickups um he's got jordan clarkson who's playing really well and then keldon johnson i didn't even know who that was but uh he's on the spurs he had one game this week. I think he went something crazy like 16 of 21 or something like that. So he played really well. And then um, Ubre, I also noted, I don't think he had the greatest week last week, but I know at the start of this week he's already been improving some. He had a good game against me. And then, again, I've said this like every week for Camden, but with Cat still being out, like Camden drafted him so high. And he's basically gotten zero production out of what's supposed to be his best player. So I completely understand his frustration with his team's struggles. And I think it would be super helpful for him when uh, Cat does return. And then on the flip side of that for Gary, Gary has two of the best players in the NBA right now in McCollum and Jokic. And I think we hit on this earlier too. Jokic is just an absolute monster. Last week, he had 81 points, 36 rebounds, 30 assists, 12 steals, two blocks, and he went 17 of 17 from the line. So you're not going to have a much more efficient player than that in one week. And then I also noted um, Gary, I think he had picked up Kelly Olenek at one point, and he had a pretty solid outing as well for just kind of a guy that you're picking up and putting in your roster. So, yeah. Yeah, I do think that we should mention Paul George as well. Um, yeah, Paul, well, Paul George, field goal percentage, he's been playing great, shooting great. And, I mean, defensively, he hasn't done much for him, but on the offensive end, he's balling out right now. Balling out. Regular season P right there, baby. Uh, yeah. Gabe, what did uh, what'd you have? Yeah, so uh, uh, poor CJ McCollum, man. He can't catch a break on that left foot. I was talking to Garrett when they initially called it a left foot sprint, and um, I reached out and told him, like, hey, you know, CJ McCollum's like, he's injured that foot before. I think he's broken it once or maybe even twice. And uh, so I think this might be a little bit worse than we're giving it credit for. And sure enough, a little bit later, it came out that he has a hairline fracture in his left foot. So he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. But that is a pretty significant blow to Garrett's threes and points categories. Um, with Jokic averaging 1.9 steals a game um, and having a career 1.1 steals a game, we're going to see some defensive regression. 
but uh, Jokic is still on its hair, um, like we've talked about, for good reason. Um, for Camden, he led the league in threes, actually. Buddy Heald and Jordan Clarkson combined for 34 threes on the week. And uh, they also, and because of that, largely in part, um, he led the league in points. So Heald and Clarkson combined for 131 points. Um, I think it should be noted that Clarkson is definitely benefiting offensively from Joe Ingles' absence. Um, we saw a little bit of Joe Ingles yesterday, but I think they're going to continue to ramp him back up. And so uh, also Clarkson is shooting at an astronomically high um, efficiency. So we're going to have to see how that goes. But um, he's, playing, he's playing great and should be commended for it. Um, I also, my last point was that Camden's team is trending in a better direction. And there's still a lot of season left. Uh, I don't think anybody's out of the running uh, just yet, and so I uh, I'm excited to see where Camden ends up. Yeah, it's wild that uh, you know you had mentioned, but Buddy Heald hitting 21 threes this week yeah. is uh, pretty staggering, actually. Yeah, gonna yeah. gonna be helpful <laughs> towards your team. Yeah. <laughs> He's playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um. I was looking at uh, Garrett's through Garrett's roster, and, and you bring up a great point about the McCollum injury. Uh, but at this time, Jokic is the number one center for fantasy basketball. Uh, Paul George is the number one small forward for fantasy basketball, and McCollum is the number one shoot. Or sorry, number two shooting guard for fantasy yeah. basketball. Um, so that is a massive blow right now to Garrett's team, but he has been getting incredible production out of those guys, which is great. Yep, Mo- that is true. Moving on to our next matchup here, we had James gives me a Harden versus Poppy Chulo. So Ryan ends up taking this one over Daniel 7-1. to one. Uh, The only category that Daniel won this week was field goal percentage. Um, and then, of course, Ryan won every other category. I completely understand, Daniel. I was in the same boat. Uh, <laughs> so, rip, brother, rip. Uh, Zach, what uh, what'd you have? Yeah, I was going to say this one was a little bit of a, a massacre as well. Um, there were a few close stats. So, Daniel lost rebounds by nine, and then he lost blocks by one block. If he could have just salvaged one more block then could have saved a stat there we're gonna make uh, that a word yeah. by the way <laughs> but um yeah daniel's team he he had similar issues to you didn't have all of his guys playing um lou will has really hurt him he's missed i think the past like three or four games and the games he's been playing he's barely even been playing so it's just been uh, kind of a rough road for Daniel there. And at least his team shot the ball somewhat well. And then um, as far as Ryan's team, I noted De'Aaron Fox has been playing really well the past like two weeks. He's shooting 52%. Um, he was 18 of 25 from the line, 11 threes, which I don't even really think of him as that much of a three-point shooter. And then he had 107 points on the week. So um, that was pretty solid. And then Devontae Graham played well. And uh, it might have hurt Ryan somewhat that Harden, I think, was out at the start of the week due to all the drama going on. 
but then he uh the games he has played for the Nets he's been playing really well. So yeah. Gabe, what did you have? Um so yeah, for uh for starters, these teams were the tenth and eleventh in rebounding on the week, so it was kind of the toilet bowl of rebounding. Um but uh Ryan still ended up pulling it out. Uh <laughs> James Harden had looked great in Brooklyn. We Got to see it, I guess, for the first time tonight. I haven't gotten to see much of the game. And so uh, all I know is that in the first half, he had only taken two shots. And so I don't. I, I think there's still going to be a lot to learn offensively in Brooklyn. And losing to the Cavaliers is never really how you want to start off um, a week or uh, debut a big three. But alas, I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah, he did. Uh, Just so you know, Gabe, he did end up with a uh, triple-double, 21 points, 10 rebounds, and 12 assists, along with two steals. He also okay. played uh, He played 51 minutes tonight, so... 51? Yeah, man. I think his... Uh, I think he's back oh, in they shape. Said, uh, they said, Bruce Brown, Landry Shamit, all of you who were once guards for our team, <laughs> you are no longer guards for our team. Feel fresh these boys a towel and some water. Exactly. <laughs> wow. But uh, anyway, so that's good. Uh, that's encouraging for Harden. Seems like he's still going to be like a top five fantasy player. Um, Oladipo could be a value. Uh, he's definitely seeing some higher usage on the Rockets, but the assists are likely going to drop uh, if and when John Wall returns. And then for Karis LeVert, it might not be fantasy relevant, but there's definitely some perspective there because at the end of the day, uh, this trade and the physical that he had to pass could have saved his life. And I think that he has, um, we haven't gotten the results back of the small mass on his kidney, but um, definitely scary and uh, hope the best for him and uh, his family. So for Daniel, oh man, we got to highlight these free throws. Uh, he was 11th overall in the week which uh, I was surprised he wasn't lower, but Giannis was 11 for 27 from the line this week. That's and terrible. he had a game against Dallas where he was one for 10. Oh, I was man. about to say. The only time. Yeah. Do you want to know? There's three other players that have ever shot under 10% or 10% or lower with a minimum of 10 free throws in a game. Are they common names? Could we, could uh, we try to guess all three them? Of them? All three of them are... All three of them are common, and two of them still playing today Beyond, in the NBA. Beyondre. Nope. Uh, Shaq. Oh. Yep, Shaq. Uh, and then uh, one of them is on your fantasy team, Zach. Drummond? Oh, yep. yeah. And the other one's on the Thunder. <laughs> other one's on the Thunder? Al Hor- yeah. no, Horford? No. Al Horford. What? Yep. No wow. way. That's not that bad. Yeah. That's yeah. So it was Shaq, Al Horford, and Andre Drummond, the only... Only three other players who have ever shot 10% or less with a minimum of 10 free throws. So just abysmal oh free throw shooting for Giannis. Um, I think that the last couple of games he's been playing better uh, from the from the free throw line especially. But um, that's definitely going to hurt your free throw percentage if you can't. And, and free throw percentage uh, is going to impact your points. It's going to impact uh, a number of different things, whether you can be in or... I guess for Giannis, it doesn't really matter. But typically, if you can't shoot free throws, you can't really be in to close late, um, close games. So anyways, he's definitely hurt, Daniel is, by Jimmy Butler's absence as well. But um, like I said, I don't think it's late enough in the season for him to throw in the towel. Um, I just think that for this team to be successful, 
he just has to punt threes. Like, I think his team is never going to be an elite or even an average three-point shooting team. So he's going to lose threes every week. I think that it's time to, like, full punt that. And anybody that you have that has any three-point value, try and sell them for somebody that you can strengthen uh, another category in. I think that, that that's that's your path to being successful um, this year. Let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup here. We've got Gabe, a.k.a. Rodman with the good D. And we've got Ruth Bader Winsberg. Uh, I forget every time. Is that Ramsey? It is Ramsey. Ramsey. Yes. So Gabe ends up taking this one uh, six to one to one. The six categories that Gabe won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three pointers made, assists, steals, and points. The one category that um, Ramsey won was rebounds. And then the one that was tied was blocks. Um, Gabe, I think you have won every single week of the fantasy season. Is that right? Yeah, we've been we've been frying. You've been frying, baby. Um, Zach, why don't you give us uh, your thoughts first, and then we'll get to Gabe. Yeah, so I was looking through all the stats, and interestingly enough, um, Gabe and Ramsey both had the highest blocks on the week. So the one stat that they tied, they were both the best out of our whole league. Um, and then Gabe also led the league in steals at 49. So Gabe had a great um, defensive week. And then also his team overall just played really well. Like um, he shot 46.5% field goal. I want to say that's above league, league average or right at it. Um, free throw percentage, 77.2. I know that's above average for definitely when you're comparing to my team, who shot the worst <laughs> in the league at 60%. Um, 81 threes made. I think that was top half of the league, if not the top three. And then, um, yeah, he, he just played really well in a lot of his all, all the different statistics that we keep. And I was just going to note, Kawhi has been playing really well. Jeremy Grant didn't shoot great last week, but he's still getting so much production out of that pick. Uh, I looked earlier today. He is the sixth-ranked uh, player at his position, and he's rostered by 97.9% of leagues. So, like, when you think of Jeremy Grant, you do not think of him as a player that's supposed to give you that much production. Yeah. Who else and then up on the Pistons? Yeah, There's I mean, no, no it was really smart of you when you drafted him, but I just could not believe he turned into the player that he is now. Yeah, I'm second either. <laughs> yeah, and then um, the only other things I was going to note about your team, Fred Van Vliet had a little bit of a rough shooting week. He shot like 28% overall, which is a little bit concerning, but I think you're going to have some weeks like that with him and maybe even Steph. And then um, Shake Milton, why did you decide to drop him? Uh, Steph Curry or Seth Curry has been out for uh, like with COVID, and I think that he comes back. And I mean, my team is so good at threes and points already. Points is like a, you can stream points in every week. So like it, it, Shake's not really good for much else, and so I figured I need I, I can stream that spot to get value in rebounds or somewhere where my team is a little bit weaker 
Gotcha. He basically just said his team is so good that he had to help out the rest of the league. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, mean, if you you pick up... If you pick up Shake and you expect what he's been doing for the last two weeks, then Seth Curry is getting zero minutes because, uh, like, he's been basically taking all of the shooting guard minutes for the Sixers. Yeah. Is yeah. Seth Curry back yet? He was on the bench today, but he did not play. Yeah, I think he was active. Gotcha. Yeah. He's so allowed he's... to be around people again. Yeah. And then the only other things um, I was going to know for Ramsey's team, I think we brought this up last week, but the dude has four Knicks players on the team. So <laughs> I think he may be a, a closet Knicks fan. Um, but the ones he has, RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, they've been playing really well and they've been very efficient for him. I think because um, I was talking about making a trade with him last week. And I was going to get Mitchell Robinson involved. And he's thinking that's going to be one of his keepers. So um, I I don't remember the exact spot he drafted him. But I would think he's going to get good value on that pick. And then same with Christian Wood. Like uh, whenever he picked him in the draft, I don't know why. But I had him last year on the Pistons. And he kind of came out of nowhere. And I knew that was going to be just a snag, but I, I couldn't believe he took him that early, but I still think it was a great pick. So, mm-hmm. RJ yeah, Barrett, you. RJ Barrett bro, sucks. Bro, playing, playing the Pistons players, like for your counting stats, is an elite strategy because Thibodeau plays them 39 minutes a night. Like, I, Julius Randle played like 40 minutes on a back to back, like the second game of a back to back. Like, what? What are you? What? <laughs> For fantasy, I guess that's cool, but like, <laughs> don't you have a backup somewhere that you can give some minutes to? Yeah, it was actually- if Russell was on that team, he'd be uh, trying to sit out and he'd be like, get your ass in there. Yeah, he'd say, get up in there. It's actually a super underrated. Like there were all the memes about Tibbs, but I think it was even more so underrated. Um, how much he actually does just play his starters. Like no, we literally. made all these jokes about him only playing his starters, and it still shocks us how much he yeah. plays all of his starters. Yeah, I mean, like you have Emmanuel quickly like begging for minutes, and Tibbs is like, "All right, you can get like eight minutes here, sixteen minutes here, twenty-two minutes here." Like very like sporadic and even though he's playing great for a rookie like he like these are my guys this is who we're going down with we're getting hey, to 500 this year but to be fair they've been a lot better this year than they've been in uh recent history so I mean, yeah they're, just, they're kind of a fun team to watch under their yeah team. i actually agree just good enough to give the thunder a better pick that's what i want <laughs> Uh, Gabe, hey, they could be a playoff team. Gabe, what was your yeah in the East? The East is terrible always. Gabe, what was your uh, analysis here? Yeah, not a ton to add. Uh, definitely first team all defense. Defense wins championships. Uh, OG Ananobi, Dejounte Murray had sixteen steals in six games between them, so they are super thieves um, in the NBA. Ananobi's third, and uh, Murray's thirteenth in steals per game. Uh, blocks Chris Boucher. I think I drafted him in the last round. I think he's probably my third or fourth best player this this year. No lie, he's so good. Uh, seven blocks this week. Uh, he doesn't even start. Alex Len gets the start, and then uh, pretty quickly um, Boucher gets in there and okay. plays the rest of the game. Side so note, it doesn't really make sense. I feel like this happened last year with Chris Boucher. He was yeah. so good in limited minutes, 
Um, but yeah. then they just never gave him any more minutes. Well, it, it, I think it was like, I don't know how much Nick Nurse actually trusted Boucher last year, but this year, like, he's starting second halves. He's closing out games. It seems like, like before, it was like a trust issue, and now it's like a, oh, wow, like, this guy's not just like a elite, like, per minute uh, stat pattern. Like, he actually has improved his game in a lot of ways, so... Wow. It's uh, definitely a good find, I feel like, for me. But no doubt, yeah, he's he's been impressive. He even hits threes as a big man. Come on. Uh, and then for uh, for Ramsey, I mean, he had a he had a good game. I think he should have probably won field goal percentage. I think if he just like uh, Jay Sean Tate, Cole Anthony, and Gary Harris, they all combined to go like twenty seven for eighty from the field this week. And so I think that. Um, those guys, I don't know that they brought enough value to the team to really be worth that hit in field goal percentage because, I mean, my team, like uh, Zach had said, Fred Van Vliet had an off-shooting week. And, like, I didn't have a great field goal percentage week, but um, I did uh, scrape out the victory. And there's definitely no reason to panic, uh, which I think that this was um, – I I said no reason to panic, and then Ramsey went and traded um, – his boy DeAndre Ayton soon uh, before this, so maybe he is panicking, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, he's already given up. He's he's moved on to next year. That's crazy. He loses once to you, and it's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gabe, did you know that Dejounte Murray was your second leading uh, rebounder on the week? No, but he's like a borderline triple doubles guy on the Spurs for some reason. I don't like. He's just like a, a great rebounding guard. He's he's good. Well, I, I point that out because, uh, like, it just goes to show how much production you're getting across the board from everyone in yeah. so many stats. Um, like, it's your your team is really, really well balanced in a lot of ways, um, and it just continues to show every week. So hopefully cool, you cool. can keep it up. Hopefully if we uh, quit getting injured and Evan Fournier ever comes back, uh, we'll be in good shape. Well, just enjoy COVID when it comes around. So, <laughs> on to our next or onto our last matchup here. We had the Barnacle Boys versus the Architect. I refuse to call him Team Kelleher. We're calling him the Architect, <laughs> even if he won't change it, Zach. Nice, nice. So Nick ends up taking this matchup five to three. The five categories that he won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three pointers made, assists, and points. The three categories that Bobby won were rebounds, steals, and blocks. Zach, what uh, what were your thoughts here? Yeah, so I thought this was a pretty solid matchup overall. Um, one thing I did note while looking through Nick's team, he has nine players on his team that were either picked up through free agency or uh, like the actual waiver pickups. So, like, it, when you think about that, like, how many players do we even have 15 something like that so over half of his team is just waiver or free agency pickups well is this nick that you're talking about yeah nick Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i feel like i feel like um i've been in a league with nick before and he's always super active as we've talked about before i don't know if that's always his strategy or what it is, but uh, yeah. he's he's like always picking up guys right before they're about to break out, or um, yeah, yeah. always it, like in, 
any little chest move he can make, it's almost like he's always making them. Like this week, he had picked up Doug McDermott, and I think he was getting more minutes um, due to Oladipo leaving and then the whole Karras situation that's going on. So I noticed that one. And then we had been talking about Cantor the other day, but uh, Cantor's been playing really well too. So um, Cantor had eight blocks for him last week, which is quite a bit. And then um, Shea Gilgis played great. Um, He has DeAndre Hunter on his team as well, who was a waiver pickup. He's been getting a ton of minutes lately. Like I think last game – for whatever reason, on MLK Day, I, I watched that game, uh, them versus the T-Wolves, and he played like almost 40 minutes that day. So um, he's getting a lot of production out of guys. You you wouldn't expect it. And then for the architect, he's kind of had a rough go of it recently. Trey Young has been shooting the ball pretty poor. Um, and then he also had the Miles Turner injury the other day. So that's a huge blow for him. I saw tonight while the Mavs were playing them, they think he'll only be out like a week or two, and he's going to try to come back sooner rather than later. So that's good news for him. And then um, as far as good news on the Architects team, Joel Embiid has been playing really, really well. So. And Gabe, what uh, did you have any more here? Yeah. Um, so for... Uh, for Nick, I will agree. Um, I dropped Dante DiVincenzo one time with the intention of trying to re-waiver him, like just kind of go inconspicuously because sometimes he like slides. He, he's a good categories league player, but sometimes on ESPN's rankings, he kind of like hides because he's not one of the top three like waiver ads because whatever their algorithm is. And so I was just going to try and sneak him back onto my roster, but Nick, Nick stole him. And so, yeah, yeah that's just credit to him being uh, active on the waivers. But um, I was going to say that John Collins was seeing a usage of under 13%, which is frustrating for fantasy. But tonight, I just looked at his box score, 31 points, 11 rebounds, and 54%. So safe to say that I didn't watch any highlights or anything, but I think it's safe to say that they were uh, actively involving him offensively, or he was actively involving himself offensively. So that kind of uh, negates that point, at least for today. And NS Cantor filling in for the injured Yusuf Nurkic, like Zach was alluding, alluding to, it definitely revitalized his rebounds and blocks. Um, that is, the, those are two categories where Nick could use some help. And I don't know that NS Cantor is going to be enough, but it's definitely um, if he's playing like an average opponent or a below average opponent, NS Cantor could uh, bump you into sneaking some wins in those two categories for sure. Uh, Bobby had a really bad field goal percentage this week. It was 12th overall on the week. Um, Trey Young, LaMarcus Aldridge, Darius Baisley, they all struggled to find their shot. They were like 37 for 117, I think is what I saw combined from the field. They were really bad. Um, I think all those guys will find their shot. Um, So I think the better days are ahead. Um, And then assists with Chris Paul and the Suns games getting postponed. Um, Bobby's team took a massive blow in assist numbers, but we'll have to we're gonna have to see how that uh Chris Paul DeAndre Ayton connection works out uh in fantasy. So Yeah, I know. I'm uh I'm I'm sitting on edge a little bit because my advice was to just keep holding on and Chris Paul gets better. But uh if they don't get to play, he won't get <laughs> yeah. any better. Um, yeah, on 
uh, you know, you mentioned John Collins. He scored what thirty one. Thirty one. Yeah. Uh, Trey Young had thirty eight in that game, yeah. so they combined for almost eighty points combined. And it wasn't at the expense of Capella either. Capella had 27. 26 rebounds? Is that a typo? No, man. <laughs> they went into overtime with the uh, with the Pistons. Oh, my was, that, was that tonight? Was that tonight's game? Yeah, it just yeah. ended, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ended. I was about to say, uh, what's his name? Trey Young did not play that well the other day. He had a bunch no. of those, but... No, yeah. Crazy. Anything else on this matchup? That's all I got. All right. Uh, Zach, do you have our top standings of the week for everybody? Yep. So for field goal percentage in week four, we had the guy that's always going to be there, Big R. He shot 49.9%. Then you had Bowie at free throw percentage up at 83.3%. Um, three pointers made. Camden finally made the list. He had eighty six threes. Go, Cam. Wow. Um, rebounds was Ramsey at two hundred sixty eight. I had to make a note. He beat me by one. I had two sixty seven. And he just traded um, away eight, and so we yeah. can go ahead and crown you for the rest of the season, probably yeah, in rebounds. <laughs> I don't know. With uh, the scare of Drummond not getting as many minutes now, I don't know about that. He can get bro. ten rebounds in twenty minutes, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I want him getting 25. Like he True. That week, that one game. <laughs> um, assists was Bowie with 168. You just hate to see Bowie's name on this list twice. Um, steals, Gabe at 49. And then I went over this in the pod. Um, blocks, Gabe and Ramsey both tied at 35, and they played each other. And then points was Camden again on the list, 676. So Camden had a big week. He was on here twice. Bowie was on here twice. And Gabe was on here twice. So those were kind of the the gold stars of the week. And then I had a little little extra time this week. So I was going to give our week four worst performances too. Oh, no. (laughs) What are we doing? R.I.P. Daniel. No, it's, it's all of them are going to be between me and Daniel because none of us have yeah. players. But go ahead, so, This will be fun. I want to so, hear it. So for field goal percentage, this actually isn't horrible. Like what I would think is league losing for the week, but 41.9% from the architect. So, I mean, that's not good, but I would expect it to be lower, honestly. Um, free throw percentage, we went over earlier. That was me at somehow 60%. That's Who shot so bad on your team? I have to go look. Yeah, <laughs> I actually kind of want to look too because I didn't even do that. But to your free throws? Let's see. Let's look in here real quick. So Drummond went 16 of 28. So Okay. That's honestly, not even that bad, I feel like. Other than that. Yeah. I don't see anybody that's shot horrible. Rudy Gobert, 10 for 21. Not great. Okay, yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. see Gobert at the bottom. I won the trade. <laughs> yeah, my guy's playing. And then Luca, bro. Luca, 8 for 15. That's um, not great that's either. That's about average for Luca. Dude, <laughs> Luca cannot shoot. Does. I'm telling you. What's his three point percentage up to now, Zach? Do you know? Uh, I actually don't know. Right up up I bet it's in the 20s. I hear. I'll look it up. You keep going. Yeah. Well, it was twenty nine percent the other day, and then he went like six of eleven one game. So I don't know. Um, but three pointers made for the worst in the week was Daniel at thirty three. That's terrible. 
Just punt it, bro. I'm telling you. Um, rebounds was scam at 146. That's pretty terrible as well. Let's go. Yeah, Assists was the architect with 89. Um, steals was Daniel with 19. Blocks was scam with 11. You barely broke double digits. I didn't have anybody play. <laughs> and then points was Daniel with 339. So it, it was kind of a rough week for Daniel, Bobby, and Scam. That was the main. Hate to see it. Hey, yeah. What did you say Luca's three point percentage was last week? Last week, I think it was like twenty nine. Well, he's now down to twenty eight point seven. On the season. On the so season. It, it barely oh, went down. Wow. Well, I mean, he started the year shooting like what was it? As he was like. 10% or something for his first four or five games. Bro, you just said he he had one game where he shot 6 of 11. So that means in the other games he went like 0 for 12. Yeah, he had one game he shot really bad. The uh, Which game was it? I want to say it was the game against the Bucks. He did not shoot threes very well. And so the same as, with uh, KP. As a, as a Mavs fan, if you watch a possession and Luka... Isos steps back and shoots a shoots a three. Like, is that a good possession in your eyes, or is I'm, it? Like... I'm okay with it like two or three times a game, and okay. no more than that. Gotcha. And um... there are certain situations where I do think it is a smart play, like mm-hmm. when when he's actually feeling it. But when he just does it like in the middle of the game and screws up our flow, I hate nothing more than that. When so... when is he ever feeling that shot? Are you joking? Have you not seen some of the clutch shots he's hit? He does get. He does get hot. I mean, everybody has. We're not getting into this debate right now. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Fine, you want to get into it? He has about three highlights of that shot, and that's the only three times that it goes in. I bet you, on average, he's he's shooting like fifteen percent. I bet he's shooting like fifteen percent. That might be the only time it goes in in a clutch moment. No, I bet that shot goes in about fifteen percent of the time. That shot is a terrible shot every single time he shoots it. I don't care if it makes a highlight. It's a terrible mm-hmm. shot. So what do you think Harden shoots with his step back? Much higher than 15%. I don't know, man. Any no. step back's a tough no. shot. No, it is a tough shot, but like Harden it has become one of the most efficient at that shot. That's the reason it works. Not because he shoots it, but because he's actually like a decent shooter with it. So off the top of my head, I can name like three times Lucas hit that shot to win a game or force it into OT. And he also hit the corner three against the Blazers like two years ago. So, Regardless, do you have a stat like player stats? Or did you not oh, do yeah, that this time? For the week. Yeah. Yeah, so for three-pointers made, we have McCollum at 4.8 on average. Um, he's Rip. been leading it for a while, but yeah. Steph is slowly climbing up there. So Gabe's player may be there soon. I was going to say, we're going to have to take McCollum out pretty soon because he yeah. doesn't count for the next month or whatever. Yep. And then rebounds, you have both guys on my team again. Drummond, 15.8. Gobert at 13.6. I think Drummond's numbers are going to drop a little bit, but we're going to find out soon. Um, assists, Russell Westbrook is still leading at 11.3, even though he's been out. Second on that is I now Harden. I haven't gotten a single assist of that to go towards my team, so that's awesome. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. 
I just think if I hadn't traded him, I would have Russ and John Wall on my IR right now. So I'm pretty happy about that. To uh, to Houston trade uh, assets. Yeah, that's right. The Houston Wizard combo. <laughs> Um, and then second on assist is Harden currently at 10.9. Um, steals, so I know it was Cody Zeller for the longest time, which is he's still up there just because he's been out and not played much. But Kemba also has three, and I think this took into account one or two of his games. Oh, wow. I did not expect that. Um, blocks, Miles Turner still leading the league 4.2. Um, like we said, he is injured right now, but won't be out too long. And then actually number two on the blocks list is Carl Anthony Towns, and he averages 2.8 right now. He's played like three games. I I was about to say in the two to three games he's played, he's at least blocking the ball. So that's true. Um, and then Gabe hit on this earlier for points. Bradley Beal is averaging 34.9. Crazy, um, he's bro. number one in the league. And then Kevin Durant is at second with 30.6. And uh, Big R has both. So Crazy. Hey, did you guys know, fun fact here, we have seen every iteration of Oklahoma City's big three. So, like, Russell Westbrook, yeah. Kevin Durant, and um, James Harden. We have seen every iteration possible between those three players. So, like, we've had all three together. We've had all three of them separate. And then they've each buddied up with each other um, on some sort of team. So, like, we had Russell and Kevin Durant when Harden was traded. We had James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And then now we have James Harden and Kevin Durant. So, just a fun fact there. Nice. And none of them won a ring in Oklahoma. Actually, you could just say none of them have won a ring, period. Durant. Yeah. We count those? I mean, not, not, not a true ring. We count those rings? No, so none of them have won a ring I, I yet. I don't. Exactly. I don't. A lot of people do. Exactly. Well, hey. And then uh, uh, one more thing for the league leaders. I was going to ask you all. Who do you think is leading the league in most turnovers per game? Per game? So it's a per game basis, not an average? Per game, yep. I'm giving it to Steph because he plays on my fantasy team, and every time I watch him play, he is making insane passes that just have no chance of getting completed. <laughs> but the one that gets completed makes it on sports. <laughs> I'm going with uh, Trey Young. All right, y'all are both wrong. It is Russell Westbrook at five oh, wow. three. Oh wow! No. Yeah, I haven't seen too much of the Wizards, but well, makes sense. I mean, he hasn't played in a month, so. <laughs> That's a bad thing that he's missed that. It's an average, so whatever. Um, <laughs> awesome. Anything else from you guys? Nope. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. Well, uh, good luck to everybody this week. Uh, let's stay healthy. Let's stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.